Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey, BWI podcast fan. How you doing? It's T Frank. I'm talking to you today specifically because I want you to know that a uh, little bit different of show coming up where I'm breaking down the quarterback film and evaluation. Uh, and there's a lot of visuals as part of this episode. So if you're listening on the podcast and things don't make sense, there's visual cues over at the YouTube channel uh, where I'm showing you plays and diagrams and, and showing you specifically what's happening. But for the most part, I'm a very descriptive human being, or at least I try to be, and uh, hopefully a lot of this makes sense and you'll understand what I'm saying based on the words, but if not, it's because you're missing my kindergarten drawings that are on the screen showing the play. So this would be a good one if you want to listen to it on your way to work or on your way home from work, great, but when you get home, make sure you check out the YouTube channel so you can see what I'm talking about. Now, uh, we're going to get back to what we do this week, the BWI recruiting show coming up tomorrow. So this is kind of a one-off thing, but just wanted you to know in case it gets a little weird. Okay, here's the episode. Going to do something that we've never done here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. I'm also the film analyst for Blue White Illustrated. And I'm going to take you through some of the plays from the Blue White game. We're going to talk about Penn State's four quarterbacks and how they performed. 
Now, you can get a full in-depth breakdown on every Penn State football game next fall. You can get recruiting breakdowns. I give inside information in the lion's den, all that stuff over at bluewhiteillustrated.com for just $1. So we're only going through one throw each for the quarterbacks, and I'll uh, explain what I see on the play. I'll give you a breakdown of what I'm looking at, what the quarterback is looking at, and in some situations, kind of our best guess because... You know, there's some pretty interesting stuff from Manny Diaz on defense. But what you need to know is this is one throw each. So this is not full context of their day. This is just a taste of what you get. The full thing is over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You sign up for just $1. You get 12 months of access to all that stuff. And we're going to be going through uh, the Blue-White game this week, giving you breakdowns on different positional units, different players that stood out, and what. I'm seeing from Manny Diaz's defense, which is there's there's a lot to go over there. I'm going to be very busy this week, but we're talking about the quarterbacks today and uh, we'll go through different situations and scenarios. And if you were at the blue white game or you watched on TV, hopefully this will give you a little more insight into the seven on seven periods so you can learn a little bit about that and see some stuff. Uh, that maybe you don't, wouldn't previously, whether you're watching something like that in the future or just want to know a little bit more about football. So let's start, let's get warmed up with everyone's favorite veteran returning quarterback in Sean Clifford. So what I want to show you today is a situation where it looks like Sean Clifford is much more comfortable and much more confident in his reads and progressions in Mike Yurcich's offense. So what we see here from the defense and what we're going to do is we're going to look at the post-snap read, the pre-snap read, and what we see is the same thing. There is no disguise on this. There is no blitz. This is pure cover two. You've got your safeties too deep. They are going to expand after the snap to get to their landmarks. The corners are pressed up at the same level as the linebackers, and you've got an even spacing. You've got a whole defender here with the middle linebacker lined up over the nose of the center. So this is pretty standard cover two, trying to take away and flood the underneath zones. This play is going to be a play full of underneath routes, so it's not necessarily the best call against this. You see the running back goes in motion. What they want to find out, is it cover two? Is it cover two man? There's not a lot of expansion here by the uh, linebacker to go and say this is pure man coverage. So what we're looking for here is on the backside, are those slants going to be open in man coverage? But because it's zone and they're on the inside shade, that does not happen. So there is a route that is a deeper one. Uh, it's Bretton Strange here in the slot. He is running this over route. Sean Clifford doesn't like what he sees there. He decides he's not going to throw that. He goes through his progressions pretty quickly, and ultimately, you see here, he gets out the backside of the pocket. And that's because when you look at the uh, slant routes, those are not open. You've got the linebackers and the corners. They're in good position to break on the ball. Curtis Jacobs already breaking on that route, declared underneath. So Sean Clifford runs the ball, does what he does best, and he gets yards in a situation where there was not a great throw. And I think this is great processing. He goes through his progressions quickly and then finds the alley and the avenue out of the pocket, doesn't panic, and doesn't allow that defensive tackle stunt to get to him because that is what he would be waiting on in the situation where he's trying to get the ball to Brenton Strange over top of Joey Porter Jr. and Jonathan Sutherland, but underneath the safety. I don't know that Sean Clifford has the arm to do that, nor does this offense really have the anticipation to hit this advanced level throw. It might not be the best decision in the world, and 
Sean Clifford, what he does best, he finds the best decision with his feet, which is to get seven, eight yards. Maybe you give him that full first down in a live contact game. But that's what he does here, and I think that was a smart move by him, showing good maturity through the progression. So there's your comfortability that we talked about in the BWI live show, talking about how Sean Clifford looks more comfortable in the offense, quicker processing, uh, and a little bit better decision-making, obviously in a controlled situation, which is the caveat to all of this, by the way. But we can still learn some things about the mental processing of some players. So let's do that with quarterback Christian Veyu. Let's take a look at quarterback Christian Veyu and where he is one year into being a college football quarterback, gone through about 16 months, a full season as a college quarterback under Mike Yersich, and now through his second spring. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a look at the defense and explain what they're doing because that's what Veyu is looking at. Those are going to be the important things to understand how he's doing as a quarterback. So we're going to take a look at the coverage shell here. And the interesting thing that we see right away is that at the left cornerback position, even though there's no receiver over there, so he's still technically a linebacker, is linebacker Curtis Jacobs. Now, dotting the top of the formation here at free safety is cornerback Marquise Wilson. So essentially, what the defense has done is they have shifted their coverage bubble to take uh, away the advantage of the offense having such an extreme length of the field where they've got both safeties walk down over that area to prevent against bubble screens, things like that, all of those uh, different things you can do with all that green grass horizontally and vertically instead of moving your corner over and making this an obvious single man coverage look. But that is what the indicator here is when you have Curtis Jacobs lined up outside of a tight end as the number one defender on the number one receiver. When you see something like this, that is obvious cover one. This is man coverage when you're looking at this as the quarterback. So what you would expect here is that the outside defender is covering the outside receiver. So the number one receiver, Tyler Warren on the end of the line of scrimmage, Curtis Jacobs, he's going to be covering that guy. And then Kobe King, the linebacker, he is covering the next eligible receiver who is running back Nick Singleton in the backfield. So that is the expectation of what we see pre-snap and what the quarterback is going to be looking at. And that's where his read is on this play. He is reading the boundary side to the top of the field. So right away we see it doesn't go well. And we're trying to figure out what happened, what miscommunication was there with this particular play because there's clearly a miscommunication. So the first thing that we see right away is that Adisa Isaac gets a chuck on Tyler Warren and his eyes fall. He stumbles in the route, his eyes go down, so he can't read what's happening next. That being said, he does get back up and maintain his route. The next thing that happens is that there's a switch in the defense. We were expecting Curtis Jacobs to cover Tyler Warren, but he stays in the flat and Kobe King, the number two defender, takes Tyler Warren on this vertical route. So we have a bit of a pseudo zone coverage feel here. We've got man coverage to one side and then Curtis Jacobs squatting in the flat trying to confuse the offense with what we're presuming here is a switch. Now this is we don't know the defensive call so we don't know exactly what's going on but that is the most logical thing based on the rest of the formation of the defense. So you've got a, a bit of a confusing thing here where you now have Curtis Jacobs waiting in the flat for that number two uh, receiver to come out of the backfield. The second thing that happens in this situation is that Tyler Warren 
breaks off his route and runs an out route, and Christian Veyu continues that upfield and throws a go route. So there is a miscommunication based on this unique oddity in the defense where they don't read it the same way and the quarterback throws the ball vertically and the tight end cuts his route off and heads towards the sticks to create separation that way. So we don't know who's wrong here without knowing the play, but we can go through a couple of different situations to try and figure things out. The first thing I'm looking at is where is Marquise Wilson? You see he's right on the hash and he doesn't expand either way. He is in perfect position to make a play on this ball if the ball is thrown to the right spot and he is there at the contested catch point. So based on what we see here, I would say Tyler Warren runs the right route where he breaks this off because of where all the parts and pieces are working together and that Christian Veyu he makes a mistake and throws the ball to the wrong spot on this play. So not a massive problem because obviously he didn't throw the ball to the other team, but this is the mental processing that's going on even in what seems like a simple coverage or a simple situation where the miscommunication happens between the two. So still some work to do from Christian Veyu, the young quarterback for Penn State football, to get to a mental spot where he's making fewer of these mistakes throwing the football down the field. Now, of course, that's not the only throw that Christian Veyu made on Saturday, and there's more to the picture. We learned more about him from that mental processing standpoint, and it wasn't all bad. And there were some other things that we learned about from a fundamentals standpoint that maybe wasn't all good, and we're going to break all of that down uh, in the premium access version of this, so you might want to check that out. And, of course, the thing that everybody wants to know about are the freshman quarterbacks. And freshman Drew Aller, I will admit, on first read watching all of this live at Beaver Stadium, there were some problems. I did not think he played well. I don't think he was accurate with the football. And he was not as accurate as I thought he has been in the past. But that's not to say that he was inaccurate. There were some things going on that I'm going to point out here that I think mitigate some of that when it comes to the first impression of the five-star quarterback, and we'll take a look at that now. So let's take a look at quarterback Drew Aller, the freshman sensation, and what I think was a bit of a bad rap that he got from his performance in the blue-white game for a couple of different reasons, and I'll show you what I'm talking about here. So this is an area where Penn State fans, if you're watching the game, you're not going to be able to see much from the 7-on-7, seven seven, but these are the things you're learning about the quarterback and the defense when they are in these situations. And what we're taking a look at here, the first thing if we're the quarterback is we're looking at the coverage shell and where the safeties are. And you'll notice 26 at the top of the screen, he at the snap is bailing to a cover two look. So whether this is cover two, cover four, some uh, variation of a split field look, we know that there's going to be an open middle of the field because that safety doing that, you're not going to leave then the rest of the deep part of the field wide open so what you're doing then if you're the quarterback is you're looking for your route in the middle of the field which is exactly what Aller does so he reads this correctly and goes to the correct receiver who in this situation is Liam Clifford the boundary receiver running a slant and go up the seam so let's take a look at that and see how that goes for these two players this episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. 
Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So right away, this looks like a terribly inaccurate pass from the quarterback. But what you have to understand about zone coverage is you're not throwing to the receiver. You're throwing to a spot on the field and where you expect him to be. And you see on this route, what happens, Liam Clifford gets hit and he gets uh, chucked by the defensive back, which causes him to drift inside in his route and not get a precise up the field, up the hash mark where he cuts on his route, that's not where he ends up. And you can see where the ball lands when he goes upfield is much more in a vertical position up the field. And that's where Aller is targeting the football. You can see right here, the ball is almost exactly where up the hash it needs to be, maybe a yard inside. Clifford, with that about two yards drift, that's the difference between a completion and an incompletion here. Now, should Aller be able to adjust and hit the receiver in stride and do all of those things? Probably, you know, is this supremely accurate? I'm not going to absolve him of everything here because there's a lot of green grass here. He could adjust that a little bit, but what he's taught is to throw to landmarks. You're not throwing to the receiver because if you throw to the wrong spot against zone coverage, you're throwing to the defensive back. So if he's if the if the receiver's in the wrong situation in the wrong spot, then he ends up throwing into coverage and might be throwing an interception. So he's throwing where it's expected, and the miscommunication that happens results in an incompletion. So neither player doing a great job here, but I would put more of this on the receiver for not getting to the right spot where he's supposed to be, allowing himself to drift in his route and creating a tougher throw for the quarterback who's trying to throw with anticipation and timing into zone windows, which is really advanced for a quarterback, especially at this point in his career. Now, an important caveat to all of that is knowing how he's taught. Is he taught to throw to the, what landmark is he taught to throw to? But based on where the the receiver looked like he was cutting and rounding of the route, I think it, Throws into doubt, at least, how inaccurate some of that was from Drew Aller. And we'll go through all the other examples a little bit later. But finally, do not forget about freshman Bo Perbula, who showed good things on film, although very, very limited number of throws for him on Saturday. Let's take a look at Penn State quarterback Bo Perbula and some of his performance during the blue-white scrimmage. Here's a 7-on-7 situation in the red zone. And I want to show this because this shows good anticipation, good intelligence by the quarterback, and really for Perbula, what he showed the other day is quickness, quick delivery of the football. He's got a quick release, quick eyes, quick feet. He That's why he flashes, is because he's smart, he's accurate, and he throws the ball with conviction. 
This is in the red zone. This is a cover two in the red zone. It's a little bit wonky because the corners are playing this a little bit differently because of where the goal line is. But really, this is cover two with underneath defenders preventing a touchdown. So what we're going to have here is we're going to have a drag route from the receiver on the bottom of the screen here in freshman Amari Evans. So let's run this play and show you what happens. And then we'll explain why this looks worse for the quarterback than it actually is. So right away, you think the quarterback has thrown the ball behind the receiver and made a mistake. But you can see that uh, even in this situation, Mari Evans upset with himself because he has made a mental mistake. So let's explain what's going on in this situation. A drag route changes to based on what coverage you're running. So this route is in front of the linebackers, but behind the defensive line. What it's designed to do is not to get a touchdown. It's designed to get you five or six yards, set up a second and goal, maybe a first and goal, but to give you some yards, get you closer to the end zone. And what happens on this play is he's supposed to settle down in between the linebackers and present his numbers to the quarterback to get those yards. This is kind of a throw and catch situation. There's not a catch and run sort of design to this play. If this were man coverage, he'd be running across the field to the other sideline. And that's typically what receivers are thinking about when they're running a drag route. But he's got to make that mental adjustment. So let's watch it again and show you the mistake that he made and how that happens. Because if you stop it right here, you can see Perbula is already throwing the ball. Because those two linebackers, you can see them still, in the, one still in the drop and one of them seeing what's coming. He's anticipating that trying to jump this route. If Prabila just throws to where Amari Evans is going, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to get pasted into an oblivion, or it's a 95-yard touchdown interception. So Prabula has to throw in between those linebackers, and you can see the anticipation and timing he's already throwing with. He's made that mental adjustment, seeing the defense, and for young quarterbacks, not a lot of them do this because they just throw where the receiver is going, thinking that guy is right because they're still hung up on processing what they're seeing. They're not thinking of the next step, which is I've got to adjust what I'm doing based on the coverage. They're still working through the coverage. So this is really good from Bo Perbula that he's able to make that adjustment even if this play is not complete. This is a good job by the quarterback to make those mental adjustments and to get five or six yards for the offense if the receiver runs the right route. And for Amari Evans, this is his first spring playing football. He was a quarterback in a dual threat system in high school, so he's still got some learning and growing to do at the position, but Bo Prabula advanced for a young freshman. So we'll take you through some of the other throws over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, some of the other things I saw. And of course, this week, we're going to be taking a look at the run game, the defense, some individual players that stood out during the game. And of course, I'll have, you know, written breakdowns of five players that I think stood out or things like that. Uh, so that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube so you don't miss any of these free breakdowns. And go over to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com and get a dollar access for 12 months of stuff like that. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Stay tuned for breaking news as it happens as we exit spring football. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the BWI Recruiting Show with Greg Pickle and Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to 
busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.